0: This is Craig Thayer from craigthayer.net, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom, Veer with Jeff Smith, reminding you to take a peek at my new book, Saved, One Trauma Surgeon's True Accounts of Miracles in His Life.
1: See, now that's way better.
0: That was. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, you know, I have to do it, you know, a couple, if I did it again, I'd probably be even better the next time. So
1: I get it. There's reading challenges. I understand. Yeah. I'm right there with you. So we're all yeah. in it together. All right, let me hit stop. I'll be right back.
0: Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith
1: Amber Tariq, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's
2: going great. It's it's been going well. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. I know you're probably pretty busy trying to, you know, coach people and have a good time. So you are at ambertariq.com. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business and your life today.
2: I think what I'm most excited about the business, which to be perfectly honest, hasn't really started off yet. That's like, okay. Yeah,
1: Everybody's got to start.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's but, okay. You know,
2: like it's a, it's a, it's a little different for me because I'm not too sure if I really want to go there
0: Okay. Uh, and
2: we'll talk about it at some point during the show as well. Sure. But I think what I'm really most excited about is to have a community of people where people can really truly be themselves
1: and mm, me too.
2: celebrate, um, themselves and the genuine joy that they have in their life, but also make space for grief.
1: Totally. Yes.
2: Genuine grief. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I'm most excited about. That's what I envision all the time, that that's what I want to see. I, I really see it honestly in a desert around a bonfire, but that's that's my idea of having a community where people can truly be themselves, can celebrate themselves, can have joy in their life and can also be allowed to have grief.
1: Totally, like yeah. the grief is like we just don't even want to talk about it. Like no, we don't.
2: Want to talk I, about I've recently we all want to be happy.
1: Had, yeah, yeah, all the time, and that's just yeah. not doesn't yeah. happen. You know,
2: <laughs> that was and one of my with big the, aha with this, moments. With this like, n- like new agey yeah. stuff and spirituality right. coming in, and more and more people being spiritual. Right. It almost has become attached to. Shame, almost, that you don't know how to be happy. You
1: know, you yeah, exactly. You just yes, fake it, it, it till like you make we're it. Killing
2: ourselves somehow <laughs> that we have not learned to be happy yet. You
1: know? Right, 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 right. I had uh, another guest that she kind of like laid it all out. I think she was, I can't remember, but some sort of psychologist or she was a PhD in something, right? Yeah. But her mm-hmm. thing was all about uh, brain chemicals like endorphin, dopamine, and all those Mm -hmm. brain chemicals and how those sort of like, you know, everybody's got them. Right. And how much they are alike in all mammals. And then, you know, how much we think we're just these like, you know, I don't know what, what we think we are, (laughs) but we're mammals. Right. And we have all these mammalian sort of like fears, drivers, needs, wants, desires, right? And it, you're, the, the crux of the biscuit was you're never going to be always just like, yay, I'm so happy. That's, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> it that would seems, be weird, you know? Yeah. And if you yeah. pretend like that's your life, then you're not actually having a human experience. And, you know, so it's like you're going to have kind of like this baseline of okayness, and then you're going to enjoy like having fun. You're going to go out and have drinks with your friends or play a game or, you know, right. do some meaningful work. And that's going to make you feel differently. And then shit's going to go wrong. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're going to be sad, you know, and yeah. you're going to have loss and, and not grief. Just, not yeah. just
2: wrong with yourself, you know, wrong with the world. Wrong totally with,
1: wrong with you the know, world. The things,
2: all the, the yeah. grief that we carry from our ancestors and all that. So yeah. it's there. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, I, of the I,
2: creatures that go extinct every day, of, of the landscapes that right. are suffering. So. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I heard um, Jack Kornfield on Tim Ferriss's podcast, and he mm-hmm. said, you know, people like you and me and Tim Ferriss and people that are fortunate enough to, you know, have the easy part of life together, you know, we have enough money, we're safe you know, we have enough food, right? It's our job to not only hold space for the grief in the world, like for the planet, like Mm -hmm. Maya, mother earth is crying every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, and we have to be able to hold that and Mm -hmm. hold joy simultaneously.
2: True. Very true.
1: And I was like, you're right, <laughs> yeah. right. You have to. That, ha- is,
2: that is really the job of us being meaningful, <laughs> a deep human. Really.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Both simultaneously. Right. Yeah. I remember having another guest on, and she was in grief, like in the rawness of grief, right? Like mm-hmm. really feeling it, yeah. like at like a funeral or a wake or something. Right. And it was just so heavy and she was holding it all and she didn't know what to do. And she just needed a break and she just like walked out into nature, went down to the water and took a deep breath and then just went, I just need a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need yeah. to make some space, right? And then yeah. she just had a little moment of joy and then she could go and go back in and go, okay, recharge, joy charge. Now I'm going back in and I'm going to get back to feeling shitty again <laughs> Yeah, because I got to do that, too. That's the gig right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. And there's
2: nothing wrong with
1: that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, you have to. You have to feel I, I, it.
2: Yeah. I, you know, write, too. And so I write about, like, it, it occurred to me a while ago that there are two kinds of sadness. There is one sadness that is really resentment. You know, it looks like sadness, but it's the sadness that we get sad to really punish people around us for making us feel sad, that <laughs> right? has a lot of yes, yes, yeah, right?
1: yeah. The second arrow, as they say, yeah, that yeah. has uh, some right.
2: degree of manipulation. But then there is another kind of sadness that that is that that comes with accepting the things the way they are. You right. are really sad about it, but you don't really want anybody else to do anything about it. It right, just right. is. Yes, and 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 you're okay. And that's that has a little bit of soulfulness and sweetness to it. Like I, yeah. I call that sweet sadness. Yeah. And I mean, I really enjoy it. Like, and I, after a lifetime of not determined not to feel sadness, I really, really enjoy it. Actually.
1: I understand I mean, exactly a, what you're saying. No, no, I mean, no. It's no. hard
2: to put together with sadness word. Right. But.
1: Words always fail. Yeah. Words yeah, always yeah. fail it here. It feels
2: Good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It does feel good. Like I can tell a story about how like I went through, body awareness kind of like training, you know, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. like on purpose. It was just sort of like one of those spiritual things that God was putting me through, but like getting me tuned into my body, doing meditation, uh, like body work, energy work, all these sorts of things went back when Mm -hmm. I was in massage school and I really did learn how to like tune into all the different areas of the body. Oh, I feel something here. What is that? What you know, and there and pain is always some sort of message from your higher self, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe, right? Mm -hmm. It's some something, some message coming through the body to teach you something or tell you something, and you have to talk to it. You got to go, Okay, heart, what's up? (laughs) and just feel that, you know, and you're gonna get some words and some thoughts and some feelings, and you know, and then just sit with it. You know, I remember like just feeling really heart heavy and not knowing why, like during the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. I think we all went through this mm-hmm. and I just started sobbing in bed <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and, you know, I don't know what that was, but like my guess would be something like I was sort of like mourning the world that was at that moment, yeah. you know, cause yeah. everything before the pandemic was over now, right? We're never going back there. That's over. Right. Yeah. Now we're, you know, some
2: people do feel that with the with, with any collective trauma that the world is going through, you know, a war that is going on, or you yeah. know, like huge oil spills that you know the animals are suffering or whatnot, and people, yeah, yeah, you know, like people won't know what really is wrong, and they would start sobbing like that. Yeah, 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 totally.
1: Because yeah. yeah, it's it's like one heart almost. It's like the yeah. heart of Earth. You're connected to it. <laughs> <laughs> connected to it. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about like. Amber Tariq growing up. So where did you grow up?
2: I was born in Saudi and my very early childhood is in the Middle East. So some some in Saudi, some in Syria, but I okay. think when I was I believe I was 7 when I went back to Pakistan, which is really my home country. Okay. And so I spent the rest of my childhood and my early adulthood there. So I came to US when I was 30.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So you grew up like so you grew up spend up Spend most of your time growing up, going to school, and probably working for a while in yes, Pakistan. Pakistan, yes. Wow, okay. And that's where you worked as a doctor, like a medical doctor? I worked as
2: a doctor, that is right, yes.
1: Okay, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, all right. So, with absolutely no idea what that life experience is like. <laughs> <laughs> like zero <laughs> talk a little bit about like what 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 highlights can you tell me so what was like high school like for you
2: so i've always loved school so the interesting thing that i came across maybe a few years ago for myself is that how well known i was in my family to have a wonderful memory and okay. how good am I am in, in 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 remembering the details of like any event or anything? And I would say that who was sitting where and was wearing wow. what. Yeah, yeah. And yet, uh, I tried to do some soul searching for for a purpose, and I couldn't remember for the life of me what was my childhood like. So I oh, really yeah. have very little memories before twelve, like okay. maybe eleven. You would say, but really, you know, like almost okay. everything that I say that you know I I started passionate being passionate about something or. Uh, it, it really seems to me that I, my life started at 12. Like I was born at 12 and at 12, I felt like I was an adult. So I've always felt <gasps> like an adult.
1: Wow. Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that's one part of it. Uh, high school was really, you know, like we have a little bit of different uh, categories like in, in, in Yeah. Like you, I think the college, Middle East it's, like, it's like, yeah,
1: it's like a and little bit more like the British system. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. But I've always loved going to school. So my last year's few years of school that I remember from let's say grade, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth were really, really great. I was really doing well academically before that i was I was a pretty average student. after that, i I really started to shine. okay so and I loved being at school, and you know, I mm. recently have been reflecting on it that throughout my life, from that point on, I've always enjoyed and felt more home at being work and school compared to being home. Okay. So that's that. That's really, you know, like I've been reflecting on this pattern that I have. That I always feel like myself more, like I more, more, more spontaneous, more. Hmm. I have more fun, like you know, like it's really hard for me when people bitch about being at work (laughs) or having to be at work late, and I'm like, what is really the problem (laughs) 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 i get it yeah
1: yeah yeah (laughs) because if you're having a good time what's everybody whining about (laughs) right
2: (laughs) i always have had good time yeah yeah i think med school was the only time that i did not enjoy like it's the greatest time of my life but other than that i've always uh enjoyed being at school in high school particularly i started i mean i had a rough transition from school to college and uh, which is technically the highest school um the first couple of months were really, really hard. I changed, I switched cities and so there were no old friends and I'm not very quick with making new friends, especially Got back it. then. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've am i been an introvert all my life. Like it really has been recently that I connect with people relatively more easily and I start into conversations relatively easily. That okay. has been an improvement, <laughs> okay. but I was really a, a hardcore introvert throughout my life. I still am, okay. uh, but I really had a hard time making new friends at that time. Understood. So after the first few months that were hard, I ended up college with like having a group of friends, like a ten or twelve friends, and I was the entertainer of the group. (laughs) I was the storyteller. I was the the entertainer. I was the um, I was the star. And, And and that makes me happy because that really is the only time in my life where I had that role. Okay. I had, it's something to fall <laughs> back on. That is something that I truly enjoy doing, sure. you know, like it's something within me. It's just that right. I haven't accessed it enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I totally get that. I, yeah. So if I if I compare you to me, like growing up, I was always sort of like not an overachiever. Is that if, uh, academically, work-wise, right? but more of a satisficer, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Like if I were to like say, say like reminisce about like preparing for a test or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I remember in um, microbiology somewhere in high school. So this is like somewhere between ninth and 12th grade U S system. Mm -hmm. My only method of studying for a test would be to turn around and chat with my the the girl next to me uh-huh. who was like an overachiever, A plus kind of student, right? Yeah. I, th- I kind of think her name was Amy. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I can see her face, but I have to go look at the yearbook. But anyway, we would just yeah. chat and say, okay, mm-hmm. let, let's do your notes, right? And she would say, what's this? And I'd go that. And she'd go, what's this? And that. And she'd go, what's this? Uh, oh, I don't know. What's that, <laughs> right? And And then, you know, and then I'd turn around and take the test and do pretty good. Not great. Right. But say like a B plus or an A minus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was, you know, Hey, good enough. That's <laughs> good
2: enough. Good enough, yeah. Exactly. right. I'm all for good enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So I, I, when I'm floating around, almost all of my guests classify themselves as overachievers. So I feel a little self comp, uh, what is that word? self conscious yeah mm-hmm. because I'm not <laughs> and I've never been one I've always been now there are certain things I guess that I suppose I kind of like hold tight like I always wanted to consider myself a hard worker mm-hmm. right like a like I have a a work ethic that sort right. of rubbed off from where yeah. I grew up, right yeah, but not so into work that I want to be like this you know, just work 80 hours a week and kill it and crush it and be the, you know, like,
2: yeah, no, and, and, no, and, and, not be the, and be
1: the best at what I do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it was yeah. just like, hey, we're here. This is time to work. Let's work. Right. <laughs> Later on, we'll go screw around. But now this is work yeah. time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So you get to, so that's neat. I like the way you said that. Like, I'm an introvert. And then, but once you find your village, so to speak, Right. Then you're, you open up and you flower into this entertainer yeah. person. That's yeah, fun. <laughs> it yeah.
2: I get and it. you know, like the way you talk about yourself and the way people talk about you, like your family and your close friends and all that, mm. that it's, it really is very recent that I have begun to see this about myself too. That I can be an entertainer, and you know, <laughs> there are there are there are sides of my personality that are very charming and they're very
1: yeah. It's uh, probably always been there. You just like didn't that. know about it. You know, like it, it yeah.
2: really took some effort to really see that. You know, like I've had those windows in my life, like here and there, where I really become the star of the of the party. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. I
1: get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. That's fun. So, you know, like when I was a kid, I don't know why, but I was always sort of like the kid, like, look at me, look at me, you know? Oh, hey, mm-hmm. do a dance, make, make us laugh. So it was sort of like part of my personality to be an entertainer kid, very, yeah. very young. But I think over time, like it, it would become too heavy to, to carry that around because yeah. you don't always want to be the entertainer. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if, yeah. if everybody always expects you, this yeah. has happened to me a couple times. Like when I was yeah. in uh, deployment in Qatar, um, they would let us drink like three beers a day. <laughs> so <Okay>. I did, <laughs> <laughs> but not, not, okay. you know, only on, on off work days. Right. So if I didn't, you know, it was okay for me to be three, three beers hung over. Yeah. No big deal. But one time I, I show up there And there's just these random people that I don't know, but you know, we're all in the same boat. So I just sit down and start drinking and they were playing cards Mm -hmm. and we start playing cards together and they just think I'm a hoot, right? That like, I'm the most entertaining guy. So suddenly they don't want me to not drink anymore. Right. So they're like giving me more. They're like, Hey, I'm going to go find some friends so you can keep drinking. (laughs) You know, and then so we have a good time. Right. And then I show up the next night and they're there again. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't (laughs) I don't need that. I don't need to get drunk two times in a row for your entertainment. (laughs) Go find another monkey anyway. Yeah. But, you know, that. yeah, go ahead.
2: It's not just the entertainer. I think any role that we are stuck with, you know, it may feel so great in the beginning to be the high achiever, to be the star of the family, to be. Mm. To be the hero of the family, yeah, the problem yeah. the oh. family, anything can become a burden over time. Like you, yeah, yeah. you, you stick with it long enough and, and, and suddenly you know that you, you, you don't have space to be ever sad or right. ever not have the answer to right. the
1: problem. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Or
2: have any problems of your own.
1: Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that all makes sense. You know, I just like, uh, listened, I, I occasionally go down a a internet rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. There was Mm -hmm. this guy on YouTube that did a very long, very in-depth and very impressive Jungian, Jungian analyst, uh, analysis of, Uh of Twin Peaks, the TV show. Okay. Okay. So, Uh (laughs) so. I would have never found that guy okay, ever in my life.
2: Oh, I would love to hear that.
1: <laughs> hadn't, if it hadn't been for Twin Peaks, right? Because I'm not like searching the internet for like yeah. experts Jungian. and young. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, I, I'm familiar. I did a, a, like you. I had a passing sort of like interest in psychology. Uh-huh. And so far, so much so that I went and did a bachelor's degree in psychology. So I did learn a little bit about, you know, Freud and Jung or Jung, however you want to say it. And this guy was really good. And he just sort of like laid out what like in very, you know, easy, easy to understand for me (laughs) Um, ways to say like how these Jungian archetypes like are these traditional roles that we connect to, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. once we're in that role, like then that's a, it's a thing that can be powerful, but it can also be dangerous. That's the first time I ever heard anybody say like, watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it, so, you know, and like, it was sort of like things started making sense in a new way from this guy. And he's a really great guy. And so his website was sitwithit.net I think his name okay. I can't remember his name. I'll have to go look it up. Yeah, okay. go check it out cuz he's got a free ebook and all yeah. of his videos are great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and everybody yeah. else, go check him out too. But sit
2: sit, sit with, sit
1: with it it dot. It dot net. I think. Let me look okay. it up for you. Just, okay. And and okay. if I have to go back and make a little edit, that's okay with me. Yeah, sitwithit.net. Mm-hmm. And this guy is awesome. So anyway, so yeah, I think the thing that really struck me was there was this other conversation that I heard and didn't participate in, obviously, um, but it was like one of these um I think he's Jewish Ben Shapiro. okay, so yeah. he is a conservative guy, right? Uh-huh. Jewish, and he was explaining to I don't remember the podcast the what's anyway, the Russian guy. <laughs> <laughs> the russian podcaster that is very famous now was asking him about like what are you what are your spiritual beliefs and you know and how does that affect your life and he's like well in the jewish tradition if you sign up to be a traditional role like a yeah. father or a mother or a, a husband or a wife <laughs> right <laughs> you are literally making a contract with god <laughs> that's okay. what they believe right Uh And I was like, and if you don't do it well, that's not going to go good for you (laughs) in the belief system, right? It's like you're not fulfilling the role. And when you Mm -hmm. do fulfill the role to the best of your – I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, right? That's not what he means. He's he's saying like you'd never like forsake the role, I guess would be a a good word because we don't have a good word now, right? But sort of like turn your back on it or like, you know. Mm purposefully mm-hmm.
2: do give a it bad- all, all or do it wholeheartedly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Do
1: it. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't screw around. <laughs>
2: Don't half-ass <Yeah>.
1: that. <laughs> but yeah. we can see evidence right now in our world. Like if you're not fulfilling these roles, I mean, it's true, right? Like who, who wants a deadbeat dad? Nobody wants a deadbeat dad, right? If you're going to be a dad, be mm-hmm. a dad, right? It makes, it makes sense. And then when I heard about these other archetypes, it's that's this. That's what it is, right? You're signing up to do these roles, right? If you don't do them well, if you don't, yeah, you know, it's, things aren't going to go well for you.
2: <laughs> so the thing with these roles or the archetypes is that archetypes is really a transpersonal energy. It's like the, these universal energies that have, or patterns that have existed, yeah. throughout, throughout times. And so the, the, the one way of saying them is, and, and when I say the word God, it's not really the God that I mean, but it really is, 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 what it really means is that it is a transpersonal energy. It's not personal. Right. So since it's such huge godly energies right, to commit to it, you can really be inflated with it right. and it can become really destructive too. So yes. that's, that's when you assume the role, what I would say, or the Jungians would say is unconsciously that you unconsciously really tap into that archetypal energy and you start believing that you are the archetype.
1: Right. That's a problem. Yeah. 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 He had a word for that. So this sit with it guy had a word for that. Um, I think he called it possessed. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's not good. So like that. Yeah. So if you get like, so, um, if you want to keep playing the hero, Right. Yeah. That's not mm-hmm. good. Right. If you need to be, have a heroic moment, go ahead and have a heroic moment and then put the hero down. <laughs> right. But you can't be the hero. You. That's yeah. not good.
2: Or you have to recognize that, you know, you may be the hero, but you're also so much more.
1: Right. What? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. What, you can't what, what, like you live know, as a hero every day say, all the time. Right
2: that it's, it's polytheism of psychology. Like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. you're not just one God, you know, like you have all these other gods in, in your yeah. psyche as well. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you have to play all of them or else one would, one would make its claim in a way that you won't like.
1: Totally. You know, yeah. and if you're spending all of your time being hero guy, then you don't yeah. have time to play any other role like father, mother, right. Right. Uh, right.
2: Or, or, or especially you spouse. know one of the underworld roles, like, like, you know, some of the, some of the gods that stand for sadness or grief or, you know, the difficult things in life.
1: Right. That's
2: the, and right. Yeah. And that, that grabs you in the moments when you least expect it and you're just not prepared for it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that was one of the things that like the sit with it guy was just like, just sit with it. Right. And that makes yeah. total sense. Right. Right. Just sit and just like, be quiet for 20 minutes every day and, and just know that things might happen, but you're going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Don't get, don't get um, possessed by one of these archetypes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like your journey from transitioning from medical doctor Mm -hmm. to, I guess, depth coach Right. Yeah. That's what. You, that's where yeah. you're aiming to be. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's what I'm aiming to be.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like you didn't like med school, but like what was your life as a doctor like there in Pakistan or or wherever it was?
2: All right. Let me <laughs> let me let me go back and you know like talk a little bit about and also from Jungian perspective. Sure. Um, that how do we become the people we become? Yeah. Right. So there are there are familial messages and there are cultural messages and there are societal messages that we get when we are when we are children. And there is one of the two tendencies: we either quietly and consciously just adopt all the um, all the normalities, or you know, like however we are expected to be. Right. Or we become rebell- rebellious.
1: Sure. Sure. Right hand, left hand.
2: And, right. <laughs> and and we think that when we are being rebellious, we are being ourselves. Right. And that's so not true. Because when we are being rebellious, we are still being driven by something else, just in the opposite direction.
1: Right. It's so weird.
2: <laughs> okay. So, you know, my mantra from the very beginning. How did it become? Like I said, like I don't remember too much of my childhood. I do have guesses now, but you know, like for most part, I don't. I don't really have the details of my childhood. Right. But I think ever since I can remember, I so did not want to be dependent. And the first and foremost thing that came to me, I always say like jokingly that I was a feminist before I knew the the word feminist. (laughs) And I think it is (laughs) wrong in the sense that I did not want it to be, I did not want to be financially independent as a woman. Mm. I really wanted to be independent as a child. Like I did not like to depend on people emotionally, financially, any other way. So this was really, you know, like I grew up as I, as far as I can remember, I had this determination that I don't want to, I want to depend on anyone. Mm. So I have to be financially independent. And so I think that is what drove me into the, into the being the overachiever. Okay. Right. Uh, So I I, I wanted to do it.
1: That's pretty deep because most people that are overachievers don't really get there. (laughs) So, (laughs) so congratulations. Good for you. (laughs) And that, you know, I think I've heard this before this sort of like this little piece that you just said that you didn't know why you overachieved, but you just knew you had to, I had to, it was imperative. Right. I think that there's something about that. Like
2: Like, I wanted to be financially independent. That was my thing, you know, that, and like I said, like I've always thought of myself as an adult, as a 12 year old, that's all I remember being obsessed about that. You know, like Mm. I, I can go on to not like constantly be depending on this or that person for any of my needs. Right, and so here's where where's where's there's irony. then you you start becoming an achiever and you start getting recognition, you know, now yeah. now people are proud of you, and they right. are this they start to re- yeah. to see you, right? Yeah, yeah, and you become so much dependent, you know, like any anything going to its extreme has its opposite seed within us, within it, okay. so then you start becoming dependent on that recognition and affirmation. So much that you are now just driven by success. You know, now yeah, yeah, all yeah. You want is to be successful, successful, successful.
1: We might call it addiction, or addiction, exactly, or possession. I don't even know if that it's one of the two. I, I think,
2: I think I've it's more of it addiction more as an addiction. Yeah, 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 right, right. And so, at some point, you know, like you are so enjoying being recognized, yeah, for your success, right, that you want to have more of it interesting and so you know the way it starts is that you know like it feels that oh i can be i I can be financially independent if i can work hard enough i can study i you know right and at some point what you realize is that now the society or the culture expects part of being successful is also being married.
1: married so okay
2: now now you know the culture that i grew up in of has course, that, right. like you know, like I'm saying all that as if like I knew what was happening back then. I absolutely had, <laughs> had idea. No idea, right? But at some point, it became important to be married for that very reason. Okay, that you know, like it's part of being successful, being right, seen right. as successful.
1: Right? Sure. So this marriage isn't necessarily something you want. It's just something you need to put on, right? right. To to go right. with the outfit,
2: right? <laughs> right <laughs> and throughout all this process you are absolutely losing touch with yourself like you don't even know who you are anymore you are just driven by this one thing yeah that you want to be seen as successful mm. and that starts weighing on you what what jungian's call the second half of life is when it starts when all that you have accumulated or you've went after in like the first half of life. Right. Suddenly, does not make any sense. And you start questioning that. Why did I even do this? Right. (laughs) So, you know, like when I was in the med school and then I was uh, doing residency, I did not just do residency. I was also taking exams for the UK, um, medical systems which is called mrcp one and two and i did that really fast and really early Mm. i always tell my residents and students that you know having an exam and preparing for it was my idea of having fun that's (laughs) all the fun that i had
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were really good at it It, (laughs) yeah other people stressed about it and you were just like oh i'm gonna go kill it yeah like (laughs) You just knew you could kill that shit. Like you see the
2: progress, like step by step. It was such a fun thing for me to do.
1: I get it. That's good. I'm glad you say this because (laughs) when I think about like overachievers and doctors and highly competitive fields, it just makes me cringe and run the other way. Like every time I hear, Oh, well, you could go do that, but it's highly competitive. I just, I'm out. I've never had a competitive bone in my body, but now that I hear you say that mm-hmm. I, it makes more sense to me, right? yeah, for you and your internal makeup yeah,
2: that was
1: fun. That was fun. <laughs> I can't that was imagine fun. that can't. Right? <laughs> so good for right. you i mean i I get it it worked out one way or the other, but right. i thanks for explaining that because. I could never in a million years ever think that would be fun. But okay, now I get it. So, <laughs> thanks.
2: Yeah. So it was it was fun. And so, you know, at some point I got married and then my husband was planning to come to US, so we became to US and now I had to do the USMLEs, which is, you know, the the US system of getting into a getting a, a degree equivalent to an MBBS okay. and get into a residency. So I did those exams, three of which were while I was pregnant. So, you know, like that's the that's the determination level that I had that no matter what I'm doing this. Right. Wow. And I did that and I did my residency here. So it was really after the residency that I started being in my regular job where I don't have to take any exams anymore and I don't have anything to chase. Right. That like two years in when, you know, you were settled and all that, when I would say that depression, depression, but, you know, like something really started to hit that. It, it really is like, you know, it it can be subtle and it can be really, really violent, mm. but that's how it generally tends to hit around that time period for most people who do, who are lucky enough to actually get into that phase of second half of life. Right. Where it starts to, you, you start questioning that, you know,
1: what the hell am I doing?
2: But right, <laughs> and why am I doing it? Right. Why am I doing it? Like right, there right. are always there were other things too, but I knew that I was not happy, and I didn't know why. Mm. And so you know, like all all of that I I explained. I know now, I didn't know back then
0: mm-hmm. that why was right. I doing
2: all of that? Right.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> that that then, that then insight came much, much later. Then it right. was like, you know, okay, you know, this is time to do this, let's do this now. And all of all of that. Mm. So I had so at that point, you know, I was obsessed with I have to find my life purpose. So I became physician because that was the only thing that women can do back in Pakistan where you can it someday someday become financially independent. So that's the profession that I chose that way. Right. But what was my real gift and what was my real purpose okay. in life? So yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. you know, got obsessed with that. And I that's the time when I realized that, you know, I've always been good at creating deep, meaningful conversations. Mm. And wow. people are attracted to me to yeah. have those conversations and they always walk away with insights. Right. And they love having that so they keep coming back for more.
1: Okay. This,
2: my, this was my side gig when I was doing residency, <laughs> you know, like after seeing patients, you know, we'll just sit and chat. That's my yeah. favorite, you know, like pastime. Right. And it's that's like me what, and bars when the idea came to me <laughs> that at some point I didn't even know what coaching was. Okay. And so so, you know, when I... I was exploring different things. I the first year I went crazy, and you know the overachiever that I was. I think I read about seventy books in my in in in, in one year alone in twenty nineteen.
1: <laughs> wow! Only <laughs> you know, seventy. Like, okay, so that was a light year.
2: Yeah. like you know, like <laughs> it was it was like such a thirst that I want to know more. Like,
1: mm. what's
2: really going on? <laughs> so,
1: give me some examples of some of the books that you that you read during this time. Like,
2: like it was mostly oh. pop psychology and I got into okay. depth psychology a little bit later. Okay. So these are easier books to read. Like if I look at my past six months, I may not have read six months, six books because you know, like each book takes so much longer Right, and I'm not reading like crazy like I was back then.
1: Right. No, I, I the only reason I bring it up is because I went through a book period too, you know, yeah. and it was like guys like Wayne Dyer, uh, uh-huh. Deepak Chopra, um, Eckhart Tolle, uh, A Course in Miracles, right?
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: these were all just like, I get, yeah. they're not so real deep. I did Marion Williamson.
2: <laughs> I, did Brene, I did Brene Brown. I did yeah, she's uh, great. Simon Sinek. I did okay. um, Ma- 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 Marion Williamson, yep. I already said. Right. Then Eckhart Tolle was mm-hmm. another one mm-hmm. that I, I read. Um, Harriet Lerner okay. was one of the other ones. Then. Right. John Bradshaw is okay.
1: I've heard a of lot him. about
2: yeah, yeah. in a child healing, and and I went through a period when I read all of his books. Wow, uh, it was really two years into that period that I got in touch with depth psychology. Like these, all of these books would mention sometimes Jung and Jungian thought. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that's usually it, how it works.
2: Uh, it, it 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 was not until it was time for me, I guess, spiritually to actually get into that, and mm. then I got so interested into that that I ended up doing a Jungian coaching certification. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay. So I should stop talking about you <laughs> or young, whatever you want to say. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit about it.
2: Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where did it go from? So, so then, you know, like it, it came to me that, okay, you know, like really my purpose was to be a coach, you know, how silly, like, you know, even like two years back when you look at things and you feel like that, how single-minded you can be in, in the pursuit of things, how you sure. think that you are changing. Like, you know, like, it, it's such a joke that I'm trying to, to embody more of feminine energy and I'm trying to do that in such a masculine way. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you know, now that, that, that's everybody. So right? that's the world, you know, right. you could say that, right. It's true. So Right.
2: At some point I was so much into, you know, like, okay, you know, let's, let's do it. And then I caught myself that like, what am I doing? Like I'm doing the same thing now, not with the medical profession, but, but, but with coaching, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? So right. it's still that high achiever in me yeah. that wants to now achieve highly in coaching. Other, other, right, other right. <laughs> medicine.
1: I gotta go kill this. I gotta be the best coach ever. Yeah. And then
2: a period hit me where, you know, like how, when you are a coach and you put that out on your social media and all that, and people just start, all these business coaches start getting to you that, you know, you're wasting your potential and you're ready, more than ready than you think you are. And you should start. You, you got to
1: 10 X everything. Yeah.
2: Right. You got a <laughs> exactly. You should, you should just start and you just think you're not ready. Right. And I'm like, you know, like I'm not that regular case of like feeling self-doubt. And it's not that I'm I'm not ready. (laughs) I just want to slow down. Like, I I know that. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So,
2: and I have a profession already. Like, I have a career already. It's not like I don't have a career. Right. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, you're still practicing as a doctor?
2: Yeah. This business getting started. Mm -hmm. I was about to take a workshop, if you will, like, you know, like to kickstart the business part Mm -hmm. of it. And then something in me just would rule, you know, like it it felt like that something just rebelled. Like, you know, like I am not cooperating with you th- with this, with this anymore. Like oh. I am so done with you. Like wow. it, it it felt to me like later on when I did engage with it, it feels it felt like, you know, the wild woman who's in touch with her instinctual energy. Mm-hmm. And she just she just said, you know, like this is it. I'm 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 not doing it anymore. You can do it if you can do it without my cooperation. And wow. In all that time, I remember that my what you call like the psychic libido was was all time low. Like I had such low energy not just for the business part of it. Mm. But I lost total interest in reading.
1: All the curiosity I, uh, was gone. I had
2: no energy to do the household chores.
1: Ooh.
2: And And my knee pain just got worse, and for the first time, instead of like hushing it away that okay, you know it's nothing, it would get better, da da, I actually started to feel it for the first time that you know this I am a mortal, I'm a human being, <laughs> this is part of my vulnerability, this may get yes. worse, right and I may end up end up or you know like may need and depend on people for small and big things uh-oh right
1: uh-oh. and
2: <laughs> and this may get worse. And mm-hmm. this may be a sign, and it is a sign of aging. And I am aging, you know, right. like yep. all those things. Like I think hit me and it really helped me slow down. Good for you. That yeah, I am yeah. That I you know like I'm not invincible. It's not like nothing affects me, and mm. it's not like I won't need anyone. Like yeah, it's, it's it has been a hard thing, and I right. think that's also the first time that I. After struggling with it throughout the time when I did my coaching certification, that I just could not see the value of, no, but why do you need to be sad? <laughs> why, why do you need to be sad? <laughs> and, and eventually I think this was the time that I was sad and I allowed myself to be sad and okay. I I was okay with it. Yeah, and yeah. that that is really what helped me slow down. That, you know, like and 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 I think since then, after that. I've not been rushing to anything like even recently, like things have been going on in my life that are, that are rather dark and difficult. And I just feel that even though on surface, it may seem like that nothing is happening, but I always have to remind myself of the image of the winter trees where it seems like nothing is happening, but things are happening in the depths.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, come spring and we always see new growth. So, and, Mm. and something new emerges and, What's the timeline going to be? We don't know that, mm. but something will emerge. Yeah. So you have to kind of stay with that and then follow little cues, like within your body, within. Totally. Yeah. I I, I really go with, you know, the fantasy and imagination, like what images are coming to you spontaneously? What, what mm. are you seeing these mm-hmm. days? Like you people say that they are not visual people, but we always are. And we're always right. envisioning new life and new things. And what what is it really that you want? and that's how i said that you know the image that comes to me is that of a desert with, with 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 a with a fire and people around it okay and love it it's a it's a community and that's what calls me how is it going to come to be i don't know that yet but it will
1: that's a good faith. image it's like yeah. burning man it just happened it got really wet <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I I have questions about like when you didn't want to feel sad and your knee hurt and you wanted to slow down.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Was there any more like so lessons out of that? Like deeper lessons? Like did you? There were many. Yeah, I know. I I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There
2: were many. So I think it's the first time that I really accepted. My own vulnerability as a human being, yes. as being a human body, right, in right. terms of that, you know, no, you cannot think happy thoughts and exercise every day and eat well and right. just stay young for the rest of your life. No,
1: you're not, turns but out we're not robots,
2: right. You know, <laughs> right? This is going to happen, and you know, right. like you know, just like I gave you the example of trying to be more feminine with the, with, with the masculine ways, it's mm. exactly like. So at that time, I was like, you know what, like, it's not, it's not something that Western medicine can treat. It's, it's, it's about energy (laughs) healing, you know, like, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. it it sounds weird. I have to get
2: into like, you know, like what, what emotional baggage am I carrying? And if I can fix that, then I can fix this knee pain and it will go away. Mm. Like somehow one way or the other, it will go away. Right. For the first time, I, it really dawned on me that it may not go away and it may end up me requiring or needing to depend on people in not necessarily like in the horrible kind of ways that I'm bed bound or whatnot, but you right. need help. for Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, what that makes me think of is I can't remember the moment, but during all of those books that I read, um, somebody somewhere said that I'm a hundred percent responsible for my earthly experience as they say. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, but I don't, I'm not a doctor. and I don't know how to sew an arm back on. And they were like, no, no, no. Look, you, you're going to need help. Right. But whatever happens, it's on you. Right. So you got to go out and make it all happen, but -hmm. you're not going to do it alone. Right. Right. And you can't do it alone. That, I think the military is really good at that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I took it for granted, just like you, right? (laughs) When you were in your overachieving person, right? Um, I just like, you know, I'm like, oh, leadership training, whatever. It's so stupid, right? And then 20 years later, I get out and I realize, like most people in the military, you know, don't know that they're being trained by the world-class leadership training that is the United States Air Force. But leadership training is a real thing you know? And, and it's not even like all that complicated or difficult. It's Mm -hmm. more about understanding it's a role and then taking it and taking it seriously. Right. I think that not a lot of people outside of the military do that. (laughs) And I was doing it like, because, you know, they say you have to, right. Right. Uh, Oh, okay. My turn now all right. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll go do it. And Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, the first couple of times I did it, it sucked. Right. (laughs)
2: Like anything else, people look
1: at you and they're going, you're calling yourself a leader. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, (laughs) I'm new. (laughs) We're all just doing our best. Right. You know, it's not like you're going to kill it every time, you know? Yeah. But when I, when I realized that I was, I started thinking differently about my past and my future. You know, that I, somehow, some way I'm responsible and you can't, and at the same time, you're not going to get everything done that needs doing by yourself. That was the, the military did a really good job of teaching me that. So yeah. I got lucky. Yeah. The, the other comment that I had was a uh, medical community, not great at self care, <laughs> Not at all (laughs) because they all just have to just, you know, buck up, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you don't have time to bleed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. As it turns out no, you are human. So that's great. So, okay. We've, we've been going a while and this has been fun. So we're right at an hour. So if you need to quit, just let me know.
2: Okay.
1: Um, but let's, let's start wrapping up because um, yeah. this has been a blast and it went way too fast.
2: <laughs>
1: it did, it did actually. So you are AmberTariq.com and you're starting your depth coach training class, coaches program. So talk a little bit about how people can best get in touch with Amber. Uh,
2: they can get in touch with me. Uh, they can send me a message at my website. Great. At support at amberthariq.com. Yep. It's also being revamped my, my website, so you'll see a new design coming up coming up in the next couple of months. Okay. Uh so you know as long as you get to my website, there will be ways to get in touch with me. You can also get in touch with me at my Instagram. Okay. That I can share my links with sure. and also at Facebook.
1: Okay. I can so put you know, links to you
2: can get in touch with
1: me. I can put links what, to those and show what I'll notes really be sure.
2: enthusiastic about is yep. really not taking on like, at least for now, the, the thing that I'm most excited about would be to start a blog and, and, and build a community around it.
1: Oh, that's a great idea.
2: People who are really, yeah. uh, want to, want to comment on it, want to become a part of conversation. Somebody I would, I would interested. Have have. <laughs> yeah. Somebody genuinely interested. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I yeah. get it. Yeah. That, that, that's the village that, you know, that, that you want to find. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When I found that guy, the first thing I wanted to do, the sit with it guy, was I wanted to like, you know, call him up and say, where do you live? I'm coming over. We're going to go out and have beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, when you find somebody that you think for sure they're going to be, you know, you know, the president mm-hmm. of your village or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. So you want to connect with people.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Me too. Right. So I just just recently in April quit my job. Okay, And, you know, all of Western society's social relationships come from jobs. And so now my wife still has a job and I'm sitting home all alone all day. The only people (laughs) I talk to are my podcast guests. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little sad and lonely, but I'll get over it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Work is like a whole world, you know. I think the most hours that we spend our waking hours is at work. And I think it has to bring it has to be meaningful enough for us that it brings something of value other than the paycheck for us to be truly. For sure. With
1: it. Yeah. yeah. I am blessed to say that I no longer need money. Now I might make some anyway. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's, that's, that's a, it's a good a spot really
1: to, be. to be. Yeah. 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 So I did this, um, I think like all of my soul searching really, was just trying to figure out how I could do whatever the hell I wanted without having to worry about money. So it just so happens that I found a lot of really good spiritual stuff too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. when I found that, that this, it's a movement called financial independence and then in parentheses, retire early. I'm not, I'm not a fan of retirement. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Just sounds boring. Like you're playing shuffleboard in Florida. I don't want to do that. And I don't want to, I don't want to get a really big house and, you know, pay way too much for golf, but I don't, I don't necessarily want to have a dumb job. I don't like anymore either. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's where I'm at. That's, I think we're in a similar life situation,
2: Like I still have a job, by the way, you know, like I still am a position <laughs> and what it did for me, like all of my soul searching, what it did for me mm-hmm. was that it brought aspects of my own personality to my current job where I realized that not only is, like, you know, at some point I felt that this is not truly my calling and, you know, like I just got into it for this reason or that reason. Right. That I can really make it mine. And you if totally I really can. bring my whole self to my job, yes. not only I'm more fun to be around, mm-hmm. I'm actually... You're a better doctor.
1: You're a way better doctor.
2: To the residents, to the students, yeah, to my colleagues, patients. To the patients. Yeah. And they all love it when I when I can bring my whole self. And I yeah. enjoy it way more than... And again, you know, the self-care thing that you said about the medical profession. It's
1: true. Uh, <laughs> pretty horrible
2: i i (laughs) I know now like you know like my whole like how i how i talk to patients how i treat my work how i want to be efficient or not efficient and all that that has changed so much dramatically yeah uh that i do know you know like i do know that my parents my patients appreciate when i when i can spend time with them and i'm not in a rush and i can i'm I'm, I'm okay to talk about other things other than Yeah. yeah uh but when i am on a teaching service I let my residents do it, and I'm so surprised when, at the end of the rotation, they would tell me that how they liked how I how I interacted with patients. And I'm like, I hardly interacted with patients. How do you know that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> how do I interact with patients, but even that little, your presence or not rushing through the things is noticed by others, and mm. it, it 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 really feels so good to be in a profession that is notorious for uh, really make it all mechanical and try to make it more professional detachment. It has brought so much more meaning to the job for me.
1: Yeah. You know, my last job, I was a help desk technician. Okay. Right. So I answer the phone. Hi, help desk. This is Jeff. Right. (laughs) And let me tell you, if you just take a little bit of time and just say like, don't worry, we got this. I got you. Everything's too damn much. Let's just fix this and get on with your life. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I had like people crying on the phone on a help desk call just because I was the first person to just take time and see them as a person that just needs help, you know, and that's all they want. You know, they don't need another link with a bunch of instructions they don't understand. (laughs) They need help.
2: (laughs) And, you know, the most important epiphany for me in all of this is that how we think that we're really doing it, doing a service to the others, you know, Mm. by being more human. And it really is a bigger service to ourselves. It makes our own lives so much more meaningful because we took the time to do that. Mm. You know, it comes later than what it did for the other person. But but what it really does, and I think that's where all motivation comes from. Mm. Because, you know, we can show you all the scores that have gotten better in terms of patient satisfaction and whatnot. If it does not add something to your life, you would not continue to do it. Mm. And so what it truly does is that it adds value first and foremost to your own life.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: You think that, you know, being a better human or spending more time or chatting with the patient more or seeing them as a person is an effort on your part and you have it's to do it <laughs> and smile and right. like it first and foremost brings joy to your life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can
2: only give to others what you have. You know, you yeah. you, you you can't re- You can give joy to others when you don't have it yourself.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This has been, okay. So let's, let's really wrap up now (laughs) because I I could talk forever, but you know, the show's only an hour, but you know, please come back, you know, and please come be, uh, come be the, the doctor in my village. Um, (laughs) it'll be in the desert. I'm in Vegas. We'll have a fire. We could have that dream tomorrow. If you came to my house, (laughs) I've got a fireplace. It's in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be just you and me, you know, bring your husband and your kids and and I'll have my wife there. There you go. It's a village. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a blast. Thank you so much for being you and, and sharing your joy and your grief. And, uh, and I agree with everything you said. So let's be friends.
0: <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right. It has been, uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.